born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, this is Karen Schoen, and you are listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. As you all know, the Alliance, I have been telling you over and over again, their major focus is education and education bills that are going through Florida. Please go to the Alliance website, goflca.org. And look at the legislative page and be aware of the legislation that we need your support. Folks, this is the problem that I see in in America as a former teacher, as an educator. You may have the knowledge, but if you don't apply it, who cares? Nobody knows. It does not make any difference. So applying knowledge, learning the truth, and doing something about it is what this show is all about. Um, As you know, in Florida, we have an an election coming up, and that is going to be for the senatorial position. Now, Rick Scott, who is the current senator for the state of Florida in D.C., is running again. But there are people who are running against him, and for very good reason. Rick Scott is not my favorite candidate. I do not feel that he did a wonderful job for Florida. He brought us the Enterprise Zones, which was nothing more than an introduction of public-private partnerships, which leads to fascism. And again, not my favorite choice. He also solicited foreign governments and foreign corporations to buy a piece of Florida and come and do their work in Florida, ignoring many of our wonderful corporations. And I will never forgive him for the part that he played when Common Core was introduced. And the major thing that was done in Florida was, well, we'll keep Common Core, but we'll change the name so the people will be fooled and they won't know what it is. Um, He did absolutely nothing to help us. Uh, As the Tea Party grassroots, we got him elected. And uh, once he got in office, he forgot we existed. So maybe he did a 180. I certainly hope so, but I really don't care. It's our job to make sure that other people also have an opportunity, because that's what America is, the land of opportunity, to be able to do what they can do for Florida. And remember, folks, when you elect your senator, although they go to D.C. and represent your state, they don't just vote for your state. Their vote is for the entire country. So it behooves us to pay attention to the people that we are electing. 
I have asked Keith Gross, who I happened to hear at a town hall, and I was very impressed with the things that he was saying. So he is running against Rick Scott. He is a businessman. And I think that that is refreshing for the state of Florida. So welcome to the show, Keith. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Karen. It's great to be here. Okay, I'm going to ask you a couple of tough questions because we have to get right to the meat of it. And uh, people can go on your website, which is keithgross.com. That's right. You can go to keithgross.com and I am happy to engage and answer whatever questions you have. I think that's an important part of the process and I am glad you're engaged in it. Okay, well, first of all, uh, what do you think about President Trump becoming the 47th president. Donald Trump needs to be back in the White House as quickly as possible. We've got a nation to save. And I am happy to see that he is headed back to the White House and he's going to have a different time this time than he did in his first term. The difference is this time he's going to go up there with an army of America first fighters who have the energy and experience to back up his agenda in the House and the Senate. And I look forward to being there and making sure that we back up his agenda in the Senate. Well, I have heard uh, over and over again how the MAGA people are terrorists and they are going to destroy the country and take away our democracy. So I'm going to ask you, Keith, what's a MAGA? Well, you know, MAGA, I think we are all in that MAGA basket of deplorables. Um, You know, making America great again isn't a new idea. That was a, a... that Reagan also used, but it's really morphed into more than just making America great again. It's about putting America first. It's a new way of looking at government that's been ignored for a long time. I say new, and it's not really new. America First is a movement that really got started with our founders in 1776. Of course, it was revived recently under Donald Trump, and that's an important shift. We've got to get back to a point where the government works for the people. It seems that most of our representatives forget who they work for as soon as they get to D.C. And I'm ready to go and fight to put America first. Well, I could not agree more. And that is one of the bigger problems. And that's a question, folks, we have to ask our candidates because most of them have no idea, A, what a MAGA is and why the grassroots is so important, because we really, if we took our power back, run the country and who uh, MAGA is and who they represent and who the politicians represent. Now, Keith, you were a successful businessman. So how are we assured that you won't be looking for that, um, how I can improve my lifestyle when I go to DC rather than what can I do for the people? Well, I tell you, I'm running for one reason, and that is because everything I have, I owe to America. And I want to make sure that we preserve those freedoms for the next generation. You're right. I've had a wildly successful business career. I mean, I just turned 40 and I've already built multiple companies from the ground up, from nothing to national levels. I've had multiple exits and I've amassed an amazing portfolio of franchise brands and real estate. There's nothing that I can really do if I go out and build 10 more businesses and multiply my net worth by 10 of what it is now, it won't change my day-to-day life. What matters is what I do with the next years of my life. I could be selfish and go retire and you know sit on a boat and have a drink, 
or I can rededicate myself to restoring the American dream that allowed me to get from a life of poverty to the amazing success I've experienced in life. Okay. One of the things that you are, I can see very adamant against is the idea that our politicians feel that they go to DC for life and then that becomes their business and are not, how are we assured that you are not one of those politicians? Look, I'm half the age of most of the people up there. And like I said, this is really about energy. It's about the energy to fight. We've got to stop sending weak, sacrificial lambs to fight for us in Washington, D.C. It's time that we send lions, not lambs. How do we know I'm going up there to fight? Because I don't need a job. I've had a successful career in business. I don't need a job in politics. I'm going there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to fight for America. Well, that is certainly refreshing to hear. Um, We have been saying over and over again that every state is a border state. And even though our absent governor has made indications that illegals are not welcome in Florida, we still see them all over the place. How do you feel about what Texas is doing on the border? Are you in favor and would support Governor Abbott? Or do you feel that he should uh, allow the feds to come in and cut the wires and let the people come in? I am 100 percent behind Texas Governor Abbott, and I am happy to see somebody standing up against this Biden administration because Even our representatives, even good Republicans aren't doing enough in Congress, in the House, in the Senate to hold this out of control Biden administration accountable. The Biden administration has refused to enforce immigration laws. They've refused to secure our border. It's a violation of Biden's constitutional duty. And Governor Abbott needs to hold hold the line and push back against this unconstitutional breach of the president's duty. I couldn't agree more. And of course, the hot button that everybody focuses on, if you are a Democrat, is the tough question of abortion. And um, I think that uh, the Republicans are remiss. They should give abortion its rightful name, which is nothing other than baby killers. And I am not setting you up to see one way or the other, but I want to know what is your opinion of killing babies? Because that's what abortion is all about. Well, Karen, I'll tell you, I am 100% pro-life. I think these babies need to be protected. When I look at my role as your next U.S. Senator, my primary focus is going to be making sure that the federal government doesn't do what it's done in the past and try to step in and take that power out of the hands of states. The Supreme Court got it right when they overturned Roe versus Wade. That decision was an improper power grab from the beginning. It took power away from states and it put it in the hands of the federal government. Now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned and that power is back in the hands of states, that's where it needs to stay. And so I would be a vote against any move to legislate abortion on the federal level because that is something that is better handled at the state level. Well, one of the uh, laws that they're trying to pass in the Senate has to do with funding of pregnancy centers. And Joe Biden uh, actually vetoed a bill that would allow the pregnancy centers to get the same grant funding that uh, Planned Parenthood gets. So what would your feeling about that be? How do you feel about the 
funding of pregnancy centers? Well, I'll tell you, it's really bigger than that. It's more about a philosophy of government. And I think that both sides of that issue should have the same amount of funding from the federal government. But I believe that amount should be zero. Nowhere in our Constitution does it say that the federal government should be involved in that issue at all. Our founders laid out a process for the states to really control the way our lives operate. And instead, states have seen their power taken away decade after decade. And so I'm running with a primary mission of freedom from Washington. And that means I will block every effort for the government in D.C. to get involved in issues that are not clearly delineated in our Constitution. Oh, that is wonderful news, because I agree with you as well. Uh, the grant is to me the carrot. And then, of course, right after that comes the stick, because when you take that grant money, you have to follow what the grant says. And if you don't, you get punished for it. And we've seen enough of that. And that leads me to the next question, which is um, we have been hearing about secession. Now, I'm not in favor of that. However, I do believe in the Tenth Amendment and states should be exercising their sovereignty rights and nullifying um, any illegal or unconstitutional laws. How do you feel about the Tenth Amendment? Of course, I am in favor of the Tenth Amendment. But when I hear all of these proposals for you know, new solutions or even radical solutions, it comes back to looking at the way the founders laid out our Constitution. The process is already there. The problem is we're not enforcing the laws in this country. We shouldn't allow a president to swear an oath on the Bible to uphold our Constitution, which includes a duty to enforce the laws, not just the laws a president agrees with, but all of them. And for too long, we've seen an out of control Obama administration and now the Biden administration that's doing exactly the opposite. They're breaking that oath. They're not upholding all of the laws. They're picking and choosing which laws to enforce. And so I don't think we need any sort of radical solutions. I think we need to get back to the basics. We need to enforce the laws. And if somebody commits a crime coming across our border illegally, they need to be arrested and deported. I'm looking forward to the first day of Donald Trump's presidency because we're going to see the largest mass arrest and deportation effort in history. And that's exactly what we need to see. There have to be consequences for breaking the law in this nation again. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I can just see all of the uh, Democrats screaming about these people. They have been here and they're doing a wonderful job for society and they're working hard and paying taxes. Well, let's take a look at those taxes, because the majority of the money that they receive either goes to the cartels or goes to their home country. It doesn't stay in America. And I think that that's how they skew the numbers, the GDP numbers. I think that's how they are skewing the unemployment numbers, because instead of hiring Americans, they have a new crop that they that uh, the corporations can pay less to. And um, here we are now. They're using our money to prop up our economy. We should be using our money. Don't you think? Should the illegals be getting all of these uh, entitlements that are not going to American people? How does that work? Of, of course they shouldn't. And to your first point, I mean, you're correct. That's exactly what the Democrats are hoping to do. They're hoping to allow these millions and millions of illegals to invade our country and then pull on everyone's heartstrings later and say, but they're already here. We have to let them stay. Absolutely not. We can't turn a blind eye to blatant disregard of our laws and then later 
give people amnesty. You know, I'm running against a guy that sided with Obama's DACA program and gave in-state tuition to illegal immigrants. And so it comes back to one of the biggest points, and that is that we, the people, have been sold out by politicians in both parties for years. It's no longer Democrats versus Republicans. It's the uniparty establishment in Washington versus we, the people. And I've seen that change over time. You know, I wasn't you know, like, like Donald Trump, like Ronald Reagan, like more than half of the current registered Republicans in the state of Florida. I wasn't always a registered Republican. In fact, in my early 20s, I thought I was a Democrat and I identified with that idea like most young people do. And I'll tell you, over time with experience and seeing the the way the world works and the misguided nature of those policies, I'm telling you, I, I'm proud to say that I've supported Donald Trump since he came down the escalator in 2015 and I voted for him in every election since. Because we need to have strong America first fighters to take power out of the hands of the federal government and put it back in the hands of the people. And that's really what this grassroots movement is all about. That's what the Tea Party was all about. And that's what this campaign is really building momentum on. Like I was saying, you know, this grassroots movement that's become the America first movement, that is really the new wing of the conservative movement. We've got to stop sending weak people to Washington. We need lions, not lambs. It's not good enough anymore to vote for a Republican. You've got to get involved in primaries. You've got to vote America first. And you've got to make sure that you're electing people who have the energy to go up there and buck business as usual. We've got to disrupt this establishment and put power back in the hands of the people. I couldn't agree more on that one. Now, I have been driving around through the state of Florida, and I'm seeing something that is of great concern. Where I used to see fields and fields of of, uh, peanuts and corn and uh, tomatoes, I am now seeing fields and fields of solar farms. What do you think about replacing our food with solar farms? Uh, Do you think that's a viable solution for our energy? Of course, I don't believe we should be replacing our food with solar farms. I do believe we've got room for both. The reason we're seeing so many farms go out of business is because our government has left farmers behind. They've forgotten that farmers are some of the most important business operators in this nation. And we want to make sure that we have good homegrown food. What's happened over the last decades is America has been sold out by the folks in Washington through bad foreign trade deals that put America last. We've got to redo these bad trade deals and put America first. That's how we get our farmers back in business and we start paying them what they should be paid. I could not agree more on that one. And um, what do you think about having a balanced budget? Is that something that is important or should we be continuing to print money and add to the debt? You know, a balanced budget shouldn't be controversial. And the fact that our nation doesn't have a balanced budget almost every year is a complete disgrace. That's what's wrong with Congress right now. People like People in Congress want to give away our money and run up the debt because they want to hand out these benefits in an effort to win re-election most of the time. It does two major things. It drives inflation through the roof. That's why the cost of everything has gone up. It's because we have a massive amount of deficit spending driving up our national debt. We're more than $34 trillion in debt now. 
And at every turn, Washington wants to spend more money. We don't have an income problem in this nation. We have a spending problem and we've got to cut the size and scope of government quickly. We don't need this much government and we can't afford this much federal government. We shouldn't be having most of the agencies take the U.S. Department of Education as example. They have a $300 billion a year budget and they don't employ a single teacher. It gets back to what you were talking about earlier. We send our dollars to D.C. and D.C. wastes most of them and then sends back the rest but with strings attached. We should just cut the middleman out of the process. We don't need a U.S. Department of Education. We have a Department of Education in this state. Let's keep our dollars in the state and let the people of this state control what happens. Okay, and finally, the to me, one of the most important questions that we have is what the global elite are trying to do um, to control and manage the people by building what they call 15-minute cities, whereby the people, you and me, would live in a box and the elite would manage us. So how do you feel about, uh, they call that the 3030 program, whereby in 2030, 30% of America's land will be locked up in some type of conservation scheme. And the rest of us will be forced into living in these mega cities. Um, How do you feel about that type of planning? I think this sort of global elitism is growing. And it comes back to we're being sold out by establishment politicians in Washington on both sides of the aisle. It's we the people versus the uniparty in Washington. Who we send to represent us in the U.S. Senate is more important now than ever. We're seeing the divide as a true dark versus light divide. The good thing is the U.S. Senate is in a position to approve or block any such treaty. And so we need to make sure we send senators who are going to vote down and block any sort of globalist treaty that any future administration tries to push through. What do you feel about participation in the United Nations? I think it's okay for America to have a say at the table in the United Nations. What I don't think is okay is for any sort of policy created by the United Nations to have any force of law here in our country. We've got to make sure that we have complete control of our nation and that our representatives write the laws that govern us. We should never be governed by some other entity. So I would imagine that the WHO treaty that they will be trying to force upon us in May would be something that you would oppose or would you agree with? I would vote no on those sorts of treaties. America doesn't need to give away any portion of its sovereignty to a foreign government nation world group, you name it. America should never see one inch of its sovereignty. I couldn't agree more. And Keith, I want to thank you. Uh, We're coming to the end and I would like uh, everybody to know where they can find you. And of course, uh, people in Florida would be able to contact you to come and speak to their group and get you known throughout the state. That is so important. So where can everyone find you? You can go to our website. It's uh, keithgross.com, and you can sign up for updates there. You can also shoot us an email. It's just team at keithgross.com. Reach out. Stay in touch. We're doing a bus tour right now. We're going to 30 counties over the next handful of weeks, and we're going to make sure that we take our message city by city, county by county, and we want to go directly to the people. 
it's important to have real conversations with real Americans. And I'm tired of seeing politicians in Washington who probably haven't talked to a real American in a long time making decisions that rule the rest of us. We've got to take that power back. It should be we the people running the show. We want to put America first. And that's what I'm going to the U.S. Senate to do. Well, I can't thank you enough, first of all, for running, because I know how hard that is and what a hard job that is. And I know what you will be up against. So, folks, it's up to us to choose the right candidates. And I hope that you have now a a viewpoint of what Keith is about and we'll invite him to come to your group, because if you don't get to meet the candidate, then they have no idea who you are. And the best way for them to know your opinion is to tell them what your opinion is. That's the purpose of being a representative republic. You choose representatives who represent your opinion. And again, if you don't tell them your opinion, they have no idea. So Keith, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and giving the people the opportunity to hear you, hear your message. And I wish you the best uh, of luck. And I certainly know who I will be voting for. Thank you again, Karen, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Well, folks, I hope you got a good idea of who Keith Gross is and uh, be able to make a decision, an informed decision as to who you want to be your senator. We cannot continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. It's up to us to make the change. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go FLCA and get involved. The Florida grades are there now. The Florida legislation is there now. And the Florida porn report is there now. It's up to us to use the tools that we have been given. And it's up to us to make those appropriate changes in our school boards. Otherwise, as I say all the time, America is being run by affirmative action graduates. And it's up to us to make those changes. Be right back. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our Redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. 
For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen, and you are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Um, Folks, I just opened an email during the break, and it says Florida ranks third. And I said, wow, isn't that wonderful? And then I read on and it said in human trafficking, folks. What we are doing to our children, our young people, is an absolute travesty. And we are filling their heads with such incredible garbage and lies that it is not unusual that they will gravitate to anyone who pays them real attention and doesn't say sit in front of this box and uh, learn. It doesn't work that way. If we're going to believe that children are our future, then we have to do something about it. And the Florida Citizens Alliance has done an amazing job calling out legislation that's harmful for our kids. I also read an article that said Florida is number one. Number one in what? In graduation? Well, we're graduating kids at an 88% rate, and only 47% of them can read, write, and do math. That is not number one, except number one in the trash bin. So I have joined a wonderful organization that needs your support aside from the Alliance. Before I talk about We the Kids, I do want to alert everyone to go to the Alliance website. If you live in Florida, it is goflca.org and go on their website and look at the legislation that we are trying to get passed. Look at the grades for your school. This is a travesty. And if you're not in Florida, you can always go to the U.S. World News Report or the NAEP, which is the nation's report card, and you can find the grades. And I am sure that you will see that your kids are being graduated without being able to read, write, and do math as well. And you can also go and look at the porn report. This is the trash that opens the door for trafficking. Of course, then we're going to be high up in trafficking. Look at what we're giving the kids to read in school. 
And that leads me to another organization, which I am very proud to be part of, and that is called We the Kids. So you can go to wethekids.us and see what we're doing. But I have asked Kevin Fobbs, who is an incredible person with an unbelievable resume of hard work and truth telling and advocating for law and order and helping helping our kids. I've asked Kevin, who's also part of that organization, to join me today because we have to discuss what's happening, how our kids' heads are being twisted into believing that things like the police, laws, they're not important. We can go in, we can rob stores, we can rape people. We're not going to be held accountable. And sadly, that's what's happening. So thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me today. And uh, I cannot, your resume is so incredible. So you tell everyone the highlights. Well, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to, to talk about yourself, um, but I can talk about God's influence on me. Um, one of the things I've been doing this for a long, long time, I started working with parents and kids. Um, actually, uh, my mom, who was a uh, community leader, and she started working in uh, 1959. And the, the one thing that I really noticed about her, besides the fact that she was like um, five foot zero. <laughs> um, my height <laughs> is is that her her commanding sense of purpose um, and what it meant to defend us as kids uh, in school, and also and combining that with what my father taught um, as a person of faith. His father was a, a Baptist uh, minister, started um, uh, preaching um, as a minister after he graduated from college in 1902. And um, then became a teacher, a minister, um, and a father, um, and husband, and all that time led by God. So for me, it was pretty easy to be led by two people, my father and my mother, in terms of the defense of kids, and the defense of a democracy, and the defense of education, because that is the ladder to success and to freedom. Uh, in America, and actually in, around the world, but but America. So for me, all my life, I've been spent working on on programs and projects, including in fifth grade, a, uh, when I was um, leading the Bible study after school, until we were tossed out of school by um, a Supreme Court decision that basically separated us from God in the school. And um, so I actually began a whole journey on why is the educational system against God? Why are they trying to destroy um, the very foundation? And I started that when I was 11. Wow. So for me, this has been my journey. I, I was teaching at that time when that happened. And I remember, and I remember thinking, this is the day morality has died. Because when you take away God and you take away um the ability for consequences to be attributed to your actions, you have nothing. You are absolutely uh, allowed to do anything, and there's no cost 
know what am I doing? How does that other person feel? Uh, what am I go? What is that action going to be if I do that? And there's no thought of that anymore. And then we went into things like affirmative action. So instead of raising the bar and saying, uh, well, there's a reason why maybe uh, the, the kids in the ghettos are not learning. Maybe we're not teaching them. Instead of saying things like that, maybe they don't know how to read. Maybe we should be uh, working with our programs better to make sure that they can read. We are now saying, well, you don't have to read. We'll graduate you anyway. And my belief right now is that this country is being led by affirmative action graduates. And that's why we are in the mess that we are in. And sadly, we keep on taking our role models that believed in truth and we're turning them into role models that believe anything goes and that's not a good role model for anyone yeah that's you know one of the things too karen um the uh i mean i've been involved in a front of um action lawsuits against the front of action uh, especially when i was in michigan and i worked with uh, uh, institutions like the uh, chamber of commerce and 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 other organizations including my own um, and one of the things that I noticed, and I mentioned this um, in those lawsuits that went up to the, to the Michigan Supreme Court and we won, is that where are the victims? And I can, because my father, I mean, my grandfather went to college and he graduated. My mother, until she got ill, uh, got into college. Um, and a lot of other blacks did not need a front of action. They just need an equal opportunity. There is a difference. And if you start making quota systems so that you see that, for example, um, five people will get in um, and they have absolutely no way of graduating, the college doesn't care because they get the money and then they boot the, the, the black kid out. And what happens is that it ends up uh, being a dramatic, it has a dramatic impact on that particular family and that particular community, second and third generation. So in effect, what we're saying is that uh, uh, with affirmative action is that the goal by liberals is to get black people in, not for them to graduate, but to take the money. So, and, and then at the same time, call them victims. But then the reality that if you get rid of affirmative action, you look at the resources that are necessary for those kids to be able to learn for, and, and those resources, interesting enough, if you look in the last 30 to 40 years, are controlled by black educators, black administrators. So they are the ones that are perpetrating this very hollow win, which actually is a shallow win, because they actually are, they, their goal is to make certain that these kids don't achieve. Because if they cared, they would get rid of the union influence and it focused their money and their time on educational excellence and less time on this, actually this falsehood that is what affirmative action, CRT, and uh, any other quote, um, kind of alphabet soup that actually creates more segregation and more discrimination against not just a black, but also against whites and against others because that's their goal, is to foster separation and negation of justice. Oh, I, I could not agree more. And as I see the results of what's happening to our children, it's 
it, it's so sad. Um, when I was a mortgage broker, I could not believe how many young families would come and sit down and have absolutely no concept of money, how money works, um, what they were getting into when buying that first house. They couldn't read a contract. And I I started having classes. This was uh, when these classes were, were not prevalent. I started having classes for first-time home buyers, teaching them budgeting and uh, the importance of savings and money and the importance of reading. And you you see that all over. I mean, nothing was more in your face than what happened with Harvard. The uh, president couldn't even write her own paper. She had to copy someone else's. So what are we doing? What are we teaching our kids? And then comes in, we the kids. So that is why I was so happy to join this organization, because this is an organization that is teaching young men and women, young kids, to be able to be real journalists, to seek the truth, to not be afraid to tell the truth and to understand the way the world works and to understand what this great republic is all about and how laws are so important that that's what our country is based on. It's not based on the fact that I'm white, you're black, somebody else is brown. Nobody cares what we care about is, can you perform to the best of your ability? And can you read, write, and do math? And will you be an, ad- will you be an advocate? Uh, will you pass that information on? Will you be able to tell the truth? And that's what We the Kids is all about. So why did you join? Why did you feel that We the Kids was important? Well, I, I joined because um, one of the things, Judy, um, Lane, who's the president, uh, came to me um, almost about 12 years ago, I guess. And um, uh, I've been a journalist um, for 49 years. And um, I've covered almost everything you can imagine. I've written for the New York Times, um, the Detroit News, and a number of other um, media organizations. And one of the things that, um, that was so intriguing about what Judy was talking about was tying... Um, kids to the Constitution and the Constitution to the classroom and the classroom to the community and um, and tying all that in to what the American dream is. And I thought that was pretty unique. And to have kids involved in learning how to use communication skills or develop communication skills that were necessary because if you, if you cannot communicate, then you cannot learn. And if you cannot learn, then is it, I'm not trying to rhyme or anything, but you can't earn. So the, the reality is pretty simple, is that she had an answer. And that answer was education, communication. And by that, um, and the tools that you need in order to be effective um, in this century and beyond. And most importantly, they are our future. The kids are 100% of the future. So I got involved because this was really a, a dramatic change. Um, to have kids really involved at every step of the way with their parents and in the classroom and in their community. And that is how I got involved with the things that I did early on, is that tying education and communication to the community and to the future. So Judy uh, convinced me 
that this was um, the pathway uh, to help not just communities, but the nation itself. And I think Judy was right. And I got involved with uh, Judy as well, because I felt that we, the kids, is our future. And after listening to the journalists on uh, mainstream media, or as uh, Steve Bannon says, television for stupid people, I realized that the moderators not only lacked an education, but all they were doing was capable of regurgitating talking points. There was no depth in what they were talking about. And for the most part, they threw out words that they had absolutely no idea what they meant, i.e. that trying to say America is a democracy. If they understood what a democracy was, they would be running in the other direction. So one of the great projects of We the Kids, and that is We the kids.us. They have an award-winning radio show, and now they have undertaken an incredible project that will tie law enforcement through the sheriffs to an understanding of children and why the sheriff is not your enemy and why it's important to embrace the law, to understand what the law is, why it works and why the country works. So how do you feel about that project, Kevin? My goodness, that is so exciting. You know, um, I, again, I have to rely upon my own history. And um, I got involved with law enforcement because my mom, um, back in 1970, um, 1969, established the first um uh, community watch program. And um, what she did was bring together law enforcement at the precinct level with community people and kids. And it was remarkable to see the participation and the coordination, um, not just in terms of education, but safety um, and security and understanding about why. Why um, uh, are the police necessary? Why do the police care? Why um, that you, you have to look at the facts and, and you, why it's important for kids to understand responsibility, understand the, the law itself, understand the Constitution, all those things uh, from a community watch program in coordination with the, the police. And what's interesting is that they have, you know, the police stations, um, at least in Detroit, they have a community room. In those community rooms, they had these kind of projects too in coordination with parents and with community watch um, officials. And it was interesting because then we saw crime itself in the community drop and we saw participation in community events and community policing and community safety occurring at the same time. So you had the coordination um, with the community, the coordination even with some of our faith leaders and also, interesting enough, a coordination with some of the school leaders as well. So you had this perfect synergy occurring. And this is 1970 when my mom um, started that program. And it, for me, you know, I, I like to copy excellence. So I, <laughs> I just took it to the next level and started working with other schools, um, also in college. And of course, after I graduated and, um, and then went into the, you know, the public realm, um, again, uh, using that model, and it works. That's the thing, it works. So liberal, only liberals would think that uh, people in communities that have, have crime have challenges 
that they would want less protection. Only liberals would think that way. If you ask a single person that lives in any one of these communities, do you want less, less police? They would say, you know, you, want, you should be locked up in an institution because they are our safety. They protect us. So you will never, ever see on MSNBC or on CNN or any one of those liberal alphabet uh, soup make-believe media uh, a black person in a community saying, or a poor person in a community saying, I want less protection. So that's why what we are doing in terms of we the kids is perfect synergy. It's a perfect bond between law enforcement, which protects education, which actually communicates the safety element as well as the, the constitutional part of it, and then also the action part too. And that's what, why liberals fear we the kids. That's why they would want us to not exist because we go against the narrative of freedom. We go against the narrative of the constitution. We go against the narrative of the very people who are there to protect and defend us. So that's why I'm excited. Oh, and I couldn't agree more. And by the way, folks, the website is wethekids.us. So please write that down. If you are in contact with any children at all, please visit We the Kids. Journalism, communication, as Kevin just said, is one of the most wonderful and important things that a human being can have. You have to be able to communicate. And when you're communicating in lies, lies get told. When you communicate in the truth, the truth is told. And it's a skill. And unfortunately, that is not being taught in school. There are no skills, as far as I am concerned, that is being taught in any school. Because when you see a graduation rate of 80% and better, and a reading score of 47% and less, then nothing is being taught. So again, I would say go to the Florida Citizens Alliance, and that is goflca.org, and check out the micro school program. You don't have to be in Florida to set up a micro school. What is a micro school? That's a group of parents that have gotten together and some will educate, some will take on other tasks, but they and a small group will come together and teach their children the skills that are necessary for them to be able to have a fulfilled life. And that's what school is supposed to do. School is not supposed to say, this is the opinion and I demand that you follow it. The school is supposed to say, these are your skills, read this, understand, read that, it's in opposition. So you read both the pro and the con, and then you are capable of making a decision. But when you're not taught both sides of the issue, it's impossible to have that skill set, and therefore you become a follower or as Frederick Douglass would say, anyone that cannot read becomes a slave because you are then listening to someone else to decipher what's on that paper because you can't. And that right. is a travesty. So, Kevin, you are president of the NAACP 2021. And I thought, 
wow, isn't that wonderful? And then I read what it was, and it is the National Association for the Advancement of Cancelled People. What a wonderful, <laughs> what a wonderful name. So how did you do that one? That was really terrific. Well, you know what, Karen? It came out of um, many discussions with leaders across the country, and we were focusing on education. And um, so a, a number of us, including my very good friend um, and who's the co-author of one of the, of the book that both what we did and also many other things that we're working on, Susan Swift, um, that we needed to have an entity that dealt with the truth and dealt with the victims um, of inequality as it related to be canceled. Because all of us as leaders have been canceled in many ways um, by social media, um, and by organizations, some um, by their jobs, and, and so on. So I looked at this as we have to have a, a, a way that will sort of capture um, the whole essence of what it means to be canceled, but also what it means to be free. So we established the National Association for the Advancement of Canceled People 2021, because that was the year when Biden took office, freedom left. When Biden took his, his oath of office, we actually became, became enslaved and targeted. And, and so to let them know that we are going to stand against that and that there are more of us as freedom-loving Americans and that there, than there is of people like Biden and his administration and all of those puppets in the media that follow him and advance his agenda. And so we've been working on the different projects and programs with freedom-loving Americans who believe that, actually, if you want to cancel us, you can do that, but you cannot cancel who we are. You cannot cancel what we believe. You cannot cancel us because God made us, not you, but God. And God defines us, not you. And so this is why I look at this as a badge of honor for us to keep standing, to keep talking, because as in Esther 414, for such a time as this, and that's this time, and that's this moment. And that's also tied into, again, we the kids, Isaiah eleven six, a child shall lead them. So for me, it's pretty clear that being in, um, in, over an organization and actually a co coalition of people and leaders who believe that God is in control and God cannot be canceled, period. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And you said the most important thing that I believe in, and that is education, because without being able to be educated, without being able to have the skill set to be prepared to be able to go forward in life, uh, that that is the destruction. And they are doing, and by they, folks, I mean the globalists. And let's get the globalists straight just for a second. And that this is the people who believe in a one world government. So they must erase the borders. They must erase the borders, which is why we have the problem on the border today. 
But leaving that aside for a minute, think about what's going on in the schools as these massive amounts of people come to our schools who don't speak English and have absolutely no education at all. Think of the travesty of what is going to happen to your kids as they are being forced to intertwine with this group of people. And instead of lifting them up, they're pushing them down. So I am a firm believer in homeschool. And I wanted to know what your thoughts on that, uh, Kevin. What do you think about homeschool? Well, I number one, I believe uh, not only um, in homeschooling, but I also believe that that is something that is uh, one of the best ways for um, our kids to actually be free of the system is to be able to take control of their education. Where can everyone find you, Kevin? Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, Kevin Fobbs, you can find me um, at uh, American um, Christian Civil Rights Movement.com. You can also find me at NAACP2021.com. That's NAACP2021.com. So um, I'm just, I'm excited to be with you on this uh, today, Karen. And I, I look forward to um, coming back. Uh, I feel it went so fast. That yes, <laughs> that's the one bad thing about radio and you have to stick to the time. And yes, I would love <laughs> to have you back again because this is so important, folks. And I can't stress that enough. If children are our future and we believe in them, then we have to get off the couch and act. Amen. Uh, you have been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go FLCA.org. Join or become a micro school. It doesn't take much to have and help a child. And that's what we have to do. If we're going to fight anything, it's got to be with the knowledge that we are giving our children. Thank you all for listening. See you again next week.